Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. Well, fairy tales are wonderful stories, usually with some sort of happily ever after ending. But what happens when it's your marriage, it's not a fairy tale, and you're not living happily ever after? I'm John Fuller, and today we'll explore some challenges in the marriage relationship and how to navigate those with God's grace and His love. I'm joined by Greg and Aaron Smalley. They have together counseled hundreds and hundreds of couples in struggling marriages. And Aaron, there are couples, I'm sure, who walk in your door saying, it's over. What do you say to them? You know, the first thing that I would say is there's hope, and you're here. So you're here for a reason. You're in my office for a reason. And both of you are showing up wanting something. And what is that? What is it that you're really wanting? What's not working? And how do we build something that does work? The benefit that Greg and I have of sitting through hundreds of marriage intensives, we've seen God show up. And we've seen when two willing hearts come to the table to see their their individual hearts and their marriage transformed. So I encourage anybody who is feeling like there is no hope, enlist some help. Go and talk to a licensed Christian counselor who can give you some hope that, hey, I've seen it. I've seen God do the work. I've seen God do the miracle. So it's it's enlisting those that can support us in the in those moments when we don't have hope. Enlist someone who can help you with that. Hmm. A marriage can survive temporarily on someone else's hope. Hmm. I appreciate that insight and encouragement. And uh, we're going to hear now from a conversation Jim Daly had with marriage counselor Leslie Vernick, who describes some important gifts that you can give your spouse, even if you're having a really tough time relationally. From a biblical perspective, a godly perspective, marriage does so much. Sure, it's there to bless us and for two to become one flesh and to hopefully thrive in Christ in that relationship. But it takes work because marriage, it grinds you down. It does expose your selfishness. It exposes those areas in your life that you need to work on, whether it's pride or whatever it might be, self-centeredness. We're not reacting very well to that in our culture today because our culture is all about me. It's a me culture, and I want you to be about me. Is that what you see in your practice? I do. I see this a lot in my practice, um, that I want you to be a fantasy person. I'm not really marrying a real person. I want you to be all about me and that everything I do is wonderful, that you never give me any negative feedback, Mm. that if you give me negative feedback, I'm going to really get you for that. I'm going to punish you because I want it to be all about me, how wonderful I am, and I never disappoint you, and I never do anything wrong. And you have to learn to love. Mm. And you have to learn to love because Mm. that kind of love is the hard love. It's the the sacrificial love. It's the godly love. The human love is something anybody's capable of. It's the godly love that we're failing to really execute well. Mm. In fact, you talk about gifts of love in your book, and let's cover those. The gift of acceptance is the first. Uh, Give us some illustrations around what that means, the gift of acceptance. It sounds good. Yeah, so I use these gifts as ways that you can be loving even when you don't feel like it. Because a lot of times we don't feel those warm fuzzies for our spouse in the moment, especially when they're acting wrong. So, mm-hmm. so I was speaking at a retreat on this topic. And so when her husband went to the bathroom, she comes, of course, up to me. And she's, let me tell you what my husband does. And you tell me how I'm supposed to act right when he acts wrong. She said, he borrows my car. He uses up all the gas. And he brings it home on empty. And then when I go to work in the morning, my gas tank is empty. And it makes me furious that he's inconsiderate and he doesn't fill the gas tank. John, why do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> so she says, so how am I supposed to act right when he acts wrong? 
So I suggested to her that if her efforts to talk with her husband have fallen on deaf ears, she's tried talking to him about it. She's tried telling him she doesn't like it. And she said in a context, generally he's a good guy. So he's not a total inconsiderate person. Generally he's a good guy. But this habit of his really irritates her. So I suggested to her if her efforts to talk to her husband have fallen on deaf ears, another thing that she could do was just give him the gift of acceptance and understand that she'll have to get up earlier to get gas for herself. Mm. She looked at me like I had lost my mind. Right. She went, "Uh, well, why do I have to do that? He's wrong. Why should I have to do that? That's not fair. And we get so caught up in that. Mm. And so this is what I said to her. You're right. You're not wrong for desiring that your husband be considerate. And it's not fair that he's not doing so. But you're absolutely deceived if you think that you have to have him be considerate and fair in order for you to respond as the way Jesus would have you to. Mm. You see, then if you think that he has to be a certain way in order for you to respond as God would have you to, then you've put your marriage at the center of your life and not God. Mm. You know, and it's become an idol. Wow. Right. You know, it's controlling your life. It's controlling your spirit. It's controlling your attitude. It's controlling whether or not you're going to trust God and love. And that's a huge idol for you. So maybe you need to let go of this and just give him the gift of acceptance right now. Mm. Well, that is good. Now, we talked about the gift of acceptance. Let's roll through the others, which uh, the gift of truth. The gift of truth. I think that there are times when the best way we can love someone is to speak boldly into their life about the harm they're doing. I'm very, very, very disturbed by the amount of Christian counsel, especially toward women, that are sort of told to just be quiet and support your husband no matter what. Um, The husband can be driving the whole family straight off a cliff, and she's supposed to just sit there and smile and say, that's okay, honey, I just trust God. And I don't think that that's giving him the gift of truth. I think giving the gift of truth would be to say, slow down, stop, you're going to drive the family off the edge of the cliff if you continue this behavior. And so sometimes being able to speak into perhaps an addict's life with truth or speak into an abusive spouse's life with truth is the most loving thing we can do so that they don't continue to remain self-deceived. Mm. Now, they may not receive our gift, but we can give it. And and we need to say that when you do that, you need to do that with great respect, mm-hmm. not with an attitude. Right. The Galatians 6.1 says that when someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness. And so when we give the gift of truth, we need to make sure that we have taken the log out of our own eye right. before we try to pick out the speck in someone else's. Mm. Now let's talk about the gift of kindness. That seems very warm and friendly. Well, you know, I love the story of Joseph in the Old Testament because his brothers really wronged him. So I think it's a great example of how to act right when your brothers act wrong. Uh, in the same way, he was kind when they came and they uh, wanted food. He didn't just say to himself, I'm not going to help them. They hurt me. I'm going to hurt them. He was kind. He was gracious. He didn't allow what they did to him to turn him into someone ugly. He allowed what they did to him to teach him how to be different. And he was gracious. He didn't reconcile with them, but he gave them the gift of love. He was kind to them. And I think God calls us. Sometimes we're not able to reconcile with someone yet because they have continued to sin against us in unrepentant ways. Perhaps a a spouse who's living with an addicted spouse or an abusive spouse, you're not able to just say, come on home and we can make this work, but you still can treat them kindly. A story I use in the book is a a client of mine whose husband was out of the house because of a severe alcohol addiction and um, she heard he had the flu. So she cooked up a pot of soup and put it on his doorstep. That was an act of kindness, a way to say, I still care about you. Especially in a tough moment. In a tough moment. And I care about you. I can't reconcile with you yet, but I care about you. Mm. 
Well, Leslie has offered some really uh, great insights about important gifts for any marriage, whether you're in a good place or a hard place. And Greg, um, share about a time when maybe you and Aaron uh, really invested in the relationship and what that yielded for you. Yeah, I can think of two recent examples of of something that Aaron has done for me, kind of one of these gifts that she's given me. As Leslie talked about kind of the gift of acceptance, um, I think part of that acceptance um, is, is we accept one another is to affirm what we see in that person in just today. So I, I'm at work and I check my phone because I had it on silence. So I didn't even realize that Aaron had texted me, but she texted me. So I was just like, oh, Aaron texted. And it was such a note of affirmation. And, and here's what it says. It says, so Aaron texting me, it says, I cannot thank you enough for your presence in our home over the last month. I see joy in your soul that I haven't seen in a while. I so appreciate all that you're doing and how you're serving me and our family. Thank you. And I love you. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I just, it was really good. <laughs> it was very good. <laughs> and it was so affirming Yeah. Um, because th- there's definitely some things that I've been really, really working on and, and, and trying to make some effort around and just to have her notice that and say that out loud via text was just so affirming. I just sat there beaming in my chair um, and, and what, what an amazing gift. The other one, um, Leslie talked about the gift of kindness in, and I think one way that kindness can show up in your marriage is, is when you brag about one another to other people. Mm-hmm. And, and again, this is something that, that I've seen Aaron do, um, lately for me, um, John, you were there, we had this big focus event, um, in, I had to memorize a speech that I had to give. It was about a nine, 10 minute speech. Well, I typically don't memorize talks, but, but I had to memorize this one. And it was very nerve wracking. And because again, I just, I know, well, what if I forget? Yeah. And then it'll be a disaster. And, and so delivered the speech. Um, and it went, it went pretty well. It went very well. But, but I tell you, Aaron has probably no less than 20 times bragged about me to oh. others, colleagues, people who've come over to the house. I mean, really anyone that'll listen and, and, <laughs> and it, that has felt so kind. And, and again, it's, it's just, it, it's such a gift to hear my wife bragging about me, noticing something that she appreciated and then going ahead and telling others about it. it just, those have been amazing gifts that I've noticed lately. And uh, since you read my text too, I have to read your text back because there's something valuable about what Greg is saying that as we affirm each other and as we speak kindly and speak kindness into each other's lives, there's something about when your spouse receives what you say. And so he sent a text back that said, thank you. That means the world to me that you've noticed. I love serving you at home. You're worth it. Love you. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, something that to have that affirmation back because so often what couples will do is be like, nah, that's not true. And yeah, the, I don't know what they're talking about. And we have a hard time accepting the kind words our spouse is speaking over us. So it's it's key to just let that be. Let your spouse, don't rob them of that blessing of speaking over you, but then speak it back. These are simple but profoundly impacting things that we can do. And and I appreciate what Leslie shared along the way in the conversation with Jim. And I so appreciate you two sharing those text messages. It makes me think, I should probably text Dina right after we're done here in the studio. So 
maybe I'll do that. <laughs> um, if you're struggling, if you can't reach into any place in your heart and say, well, I've got something good to share with my spouse, uh, call us. We have caring Christian counselors here, and uh, they'd be happy to, to hear you out, to talk through your circumstances, and to uh, recommend some resources and a counselor nearby. The initial consultation is uh, no charge. We're happy to do that for you. Just call 800, the letter A, and the word family to get that set up. And if you can, if you're in a good spot and you can donate to help focus on the family as we support marriages um, literally around the world, we'd so appreciate that. And uh, regardless of the amount of your gift, we're going to send a copy of Leslie's book to you as an expression of our gratitude for your support. Uh, That book, again, How to Act Right When Your Spouse Acts Wrong. And uh, details about our counseling team and this book and an opportunity to donate, all included in the show notes. Leslie Vernick is going to be back next time. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.